0: And
1: welcome in to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. It is Tuesday, July 28th. To my right, a man who drives up to Diamonds Dayton for the quote-unquote buffet, and not for the ladies, it's Zach. Zach, how we doing today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: doing good, Greg. How's that buffet? Uh, the best. To die for. But to die. It is to die for. You know, how blue comes up, we'll go out. Just to grab some food. That's
1: it. Yeah, Lua well. I mean, look, family emergencies. You gotta get some wings. You gotta get some. Buffet. I'm a family man, as
2: you know. Look, Just purely for the food. I know.
1: And then to my right, a man who statistically put up as many hits as one Eugenio Suarez during the last weekend of baseball. It's the producer, Josh. Josh, how are we doing today?
0: Yeah, but I can certainly throw 33 strikeouts and uh, still lose most of the games, because that's just the love of the world. But uh, then again, if you don't have uh, hits to support your 33 strikeouts, then yeah, that, uh, we saw what happened this weekend. You guys were, I, I said when I came on the show this week that I would apologize to you guys because you were right about your points and concerns with the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, still a lot of season. Still a lot of season. And we'll get to that in just a
1: second. And, of course, I'm the talent. I'm Greg. I'm the host of this show. I keep you two in line. Hi, Greg. Hello. So thank goodness I'm here. Uh, today, Tuesday's show. It's a day late. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter show. We're going to get you through all the big headlines. But uh, our show next week will be jam-packed. Uh, you know, baseball hopefully is still going on. Uh, hopefully. MLS happening. NHL and NBA getting revved up. So we'll have a whole lot to, t- to talk about next week. So uh, be sure to tune in for that time.
2: Oh, beer of the week. That's awesome. Yeah, how do you do that? That's great. All righty.
1: And our beer of the week for this week is Warped Wings Gamma Bomb IPA. Warped Wing from Dayton, Ohio. 7.2% IPA. Warped Wing right in the middle of downtown Dayton. Uh, You know, out near where the Dragons play, right in like a brewing hotbed. Mm -hmm. Within a couple blocks of Dayton Brewing Company and Lock 27. So, let's try this Warped Wings Gamma Bomb and see how it is.
0: Oh, it's, it's on the bitter side definitely for an IPA, but I know this is one of the more sought after ipas in the state warped wing a great brewery like you said in a little bit of a hotbed down there in dayton right down the street from the ballpark um but yeah one of the best ipas out there i think
2: i love the bitterness yeah it's kind of i feel like we've had a few different ipas lately this is very
0: Unbranded. traditional
2: yeah, yeah traditional very... flavor.
1: when you think of an ipa you're like yep there yeah it is because we've had some imperial ones that are a little heavy on the hops mm. some yeah, you know, some ones that didn't quite have the hoppiness, maybe a little bit lighter of a taste. But this right. one has a nice crisp, crisp full hops and just hits you like an IPA should. And the one thing that I will say, I know we'll get to the reading of the can later, but this can the is the
2: can's intense, solid. especially compared to the other cans they have, which I like the style. The other cans are simple. That one's just very nice. Yeah, awesome yeah, it's it's got clothes. the hand yeah. the behind
1: it. It's got
2: a great name. all the
1: colors with it. And Gamble Bomb really pops out at you, just like this. I mean, beer pops out as... One of the better ones that we've had, so thank you to Warped Wings. Yeah, so that's the that hand
0: that pours the beer right there and a great cold, refreshing beer this is. And now time for the OH
1: Headlines. The Red Legs got an opening day win, but then dropped the next two to lose their opening series to the Tigers. Though there were a couple bright spots for the Reds, including Joey Votto, who had five hits and two home runs in the series, and the starting rotation, who only gave up three runs in 18 and a third innings with 33 strikeouts. Up in Cleveland, the Tribe took the bookends of a three-game series first Kansas City to get their season off to a nice start. Standouts also included the Cleveland starting rotation, who combined for 30 strikeouts, while only giving up four runs in 19 innings as well as Jose Ramirez, who had a huge game Sunday with two home runs and four RBI. The MLS's back tournament ramps back up in Ohio on Tuesday with Columbus facing Minnesota, followed by FC Cincinnati facing Portland. And lastly, the Jackets have arrived at the NHL Eastern Conference quarantine bubble as they get ready to open up the qualifying round versus the hometown Toronto Maple Leafs this Sunday. And those are your OH. We move on to a new segment we call pulling it off as we are three very fashionable young men we of course are here to judge fashion from the league and with the baseball season starting up again with a new hockey team entering the NHL with some name changes in the NFL to the quote Washington football team there are a lot of new jerseys and a lot of new designs and We're here to uh, pick our favorites, and what team will be pulling it off the best? Whether it's right now or maybe in a year from now. Zach, what team did you say? Would you say was pulling it off the best this week?
2: Pulling it off, uh, definitely the Seattle Kraken. They're right. Their whole—I know, I know—not NHL guy, but I thought those uniforms—they had whole video with it. I love the yeah. The
1: Seattle Kraken were the uh, newly announced NHL team to. be put killed in it. Seattle, so they will start. Uh, I believe next season.
0: Yeah, so, and they killed but it with that ass. I agree with uh, you. I mean, the Brandon was just awesome. The, the anchor with awesome. the space the anchor, needle. I didn't even catch the space oh, needle the first. They killed it. Them. Whoa, awesome, awesome branding. It. Yeah, uniforms are not the. I like greatest, the color. Purple. I like the color. It, it's and different. The yeah, colors different. game. It's yeah, different. something
1: different. And you know, once you get into a league of Thirty-two teams. You have to find something to kind of separate, separate yourself, yeah, right? And I thought it was kind of an off-the-beaten-path, you know, name, but it's not like oh, a, I a name that name. a lot of other teams have had. And I, I really like the S logo, and mm-hmm. I like some of the designs. And, you know, they even left the door open for a potential throwback jersey because there was a Seattle team that played in the NHL in like the early days of the NHL or the early days of hockey, like back in the early 1900s. So something really cool to see and. You know, nice to see a a
2: big hockey town getting a team back and getting a pretty cool name and and some cool jerseys. They murdered it. I I can't think of, like, I don't know. I saw, like, the Las Vegas Knights. I thought they really phoned that one in. I I thought that was, like, a terrible branding. Uh, I can't think of the last new team that's coming to any sport where I'm like, oh, they murdered it out of the ballpark. Yeah, because if you think about
1: new teams, I mean, you know, since the 2000s, you pretty much have the Texans, the Nationals, there's nothing that really that at you and turns brand new. No. Yeah, the Knights and the Kraken. So, not a whole
0: lot. Well, you no. leave, the, leave the door open to call the arena the Crack House. Oh. Uh, <laughs> something, something like that. I don't, cra-
2: I don't know. I don't know, That's the, I don't know
0: about that.
1: <laughs> well, I'm to go with that. Thankfully, we're not pulling off the best names for the arenas. We're pulling off the best uniforms and jerseys. So, Josh, going to you, what team would you say is pulling it off the best with their? new uh, and improved jerseys i'm
0: actually here to talk about uh the city of cleveland right? yeah um, that might come as a shock to some but the city of cleveland is big cleveland guy josh taking oh yeah huge land believe land or whatever they say up there um, it's the land the yeah, land a mistake on the lake whatever you oh. want to call it don't you dare <laughs> don't you dare but uh i mean the browns are reviewed reverting back to their roots and going with the just the simple stripes no big flashy shadows or big cleveland on the chest i mean just not trying to look they're like not a, a high school, school team yeah. yeah they're just going back to their roots as one of the most uh, historic nfl teams out there and then the uh cleveland baseball club is taking steps you can say their name they're, they're not they're still the indians towards yeah. fixing their branding um, they're going with the simple uh, Cleveland across the chest this year, similar to uh, the 1945 Cleveland Buckeyes. Um, and I'm, I'm a fan of those jerseys too. If they want to go in that direction, the 1945 Buckeyes team, uh, they had a great uh, home jersey that is very similar to the Cleveland. Yeah, the uh, nice cursive
1: script, yeah, Cleveland, yeah, on script
0: Cleveland on the front. And then they just kind of had another block Cleveland on their road. Uh, so Cleveland going back to the basics, but sometimes that's, that's great. Yeah, you, Browns you, and Indians are on their way. You yeah. like to see
1: these teams, you know, be able to fix their logos. And I think I'm I'm going a similar spot for pulling it off and kind of going back to the basics or or in this case back to what's correct. And also, like you, I'm going with a team that I may not exactly be the biggest fan of in the Milwaukee Brewers. But I murdered it. They are going back to uh first off full time their MB glove logo. And then going back to the jerseys that have the blue and the bright yellow. And it just pops so much better. It's not as dull and like unassuming as the. They had that the weird gold, gold accent, yeah.
0: which I never thought. And the gold yeah. accent always broke in the middle of the jersey. Right. And I always, oh, I couldn't stand that. But yeah. yeah, Greg, I know, even as a division opponent, boy, home run with these.
1: Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. Um, some interesting facts about the logo that they're going back to. It was their logo, the MB Glove logo, was their logo from 78 to 93. And it was actually from a Wisconsin art student, uh, one of almost 2,000 entries as they were kind of rebranding from the Pirates to their recent logo. So they had that logo for 15 years, tried to do their own rebrand, had that weird diamond logo with gold and
2: green and everything and they had a little just, barley thing which I don't think people got. I think thought it was yeah. like wheat or something.
1: So they tried to mess around with it too much, but thankfully they were able to realize when you have a solid logo, solid jerseys, solid idea, you go back to it and I think like you said I think the Brewers killed it with all their jerseys them, all right four. now.
2: You yeah. so know the alternates, the two roads, the two. yeah. Corners, I think they're right I think they they're
1: blues all. that say Milwaukee. I like those yellow. a lot. Those are those are probably my favorites.
0: But would, you know, I would never do I would well. never buy a division opponents jersey, but those jerseys almost are screaming. At As an, an Indians fan, I'm, so very, cool. I'm very I'm very intrigued. So I might, I don't good.
2: know. I might have to buy one. I don't know. They're just they're sharp. Wow, Zach.
1: If you want to choose an NL team, Brewers are there. If you want to choose an NHL team. I guess the Kraken are calling you. So. I think so.
0: Yeah, have to get a uh, Hockey for Dummies oh no, book Kraken over the are, next year. I'd say Kraken are pulling it off best on these. Yeah, you know, or definitely. Or the they're
1: both. They're both great. Well, let us know on our social media. What is that, Josh?
0: Oh, uh, that's at Thirty Rack of Sports on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.
1: Yeah, let us Rack know who you thought was pulling it off best. Whether it was the city of Cleveland, Milwaukee, Seattle, or. Any of the other teams. The
0: Washington football team. The Washington football whatever. team.
1: The new Rangers jerseys. Anything else? Let us know at 30 Racket Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
0: I'll tell you what's brewing, Ohio. Uh, a lot of uh, winter warmers for some reason, uh, everyone jumped on the whole Christmas in July thing this year. So basically anywhere, uh, aside from the Cincinnati area, and I'll get to that in a minute, you can uh, get a Christmas uh, Christmas ale oh, or like a winter nice warmer
1: right now. Winter spice Christmas ale. We Ooh. talked about it last
0: week. Uh, there was a couple breweries doing like revamped versions of their Christmas ale. Now, one of my favorite all time beers and my favorite Christmas ale is Great Lakes Brewing. Yeah, I was with everybody's. everybody. Yeah. Here's a crazy stat per Ohio Craft Beer. Check them out, Ohio Craft Beer, on social media and ohiocraftbeer.org. Crazy stat that they've got up there. If Great Lakes Brewing only pumped out uh, Christmas ale, they made about, uh, let's see, last year they made about 25,000 barrels. That's about 775,000 gallons of the Christmas ale. That's last year's production on the Christmas Ale. If they were to make nothing else, they would still be the seventh largest independently owned brewery in Ohio just off their Christmas Ale production alone.
2: Matt, that's what most people honestly think of, though.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, their Christmas Ale is to die for. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's It's so good.
2: Also, you think of the big, you know, there are only
1: five or six really huge breweries in Ohio.
0: Right. I I just thought that was a crazy stat. No, No. it is. Why that's not available down here in the Cincinnati area, uh or the Cincinnati area, is because uh we're prepping for a little festival that we can't have. a festival down here in Cincinnati that is the second largest of its kind in the world. A festivist for the rest of us? A festivist for the rest of us, not quite that, but Oktoberfest. It is Oktoberfest season. And uh, that's basically all I have for you in What's Brewing Ohio is that your Oktoberfests from your local breweries will be sh- hitting the... Shitting yourselves. Well, so, let me start that sentence over.
2: we Will be shitting
0: yourselves? Yeah, let me start that sentence <laughs> over. So this week, Oktoberfests hitting the shelves in Ohio. Find Heck your- yeah! Find your local breweries, Fall Ale or Oktoberfest lager. They'll be uh, hitting the shelves here well, soon in Ohio. Well,
2: Tubberfest. That's tubber tubber already Fests. been out for a couple weeks. I got that when we went to the source last weekend. Uh, yeah, but you start to get delicious. some of your big ones, your oh, your more yeah. lines, your
1: Rheingeist, yeah. and even some of your local breweries. You know, some of your small breweries will get their Oktoberfests out. Certainly. Two of the best seasonal beers that you'll find in Ohio oh. in the Oktoberfest and the Christmas sales.
0: we're about to be hitting peak Ohio beer season, right. if in, in my humble opinion. Well, I mean I, I think love I don't know if we even talked Christmas about ales. this.
2: I was gonna bring this up. I don't know if this was before or after the pandemic, but um, oh who did it? It was it was like news news that um, you know Cincinnati was the beer drinkers best city in the country. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. there's Based on, on beer everywhere. prices, number of breweries, alcoholic per capita kind of deal. Uh, but also Columbus and Cleveland were both top, I think, top five or six. Top 20, I think it was, at least. Top, yeah, top 12. But, I mean, I'm just yeah. saying, I think that that settles it. Ohio's I mean, craft brewery when heaven. You,
0: when you look at, I mean, and we were talking <laughs> about when Ohio, uh, the Ohio Craft Brewers Association yeah. uh, at Ohio Craft Beer on social media and ohiocraftbeer.org. Their whole like news blog is all about Christmas ales, um, and they make a note about how Ohio didn't invent the Christmas ale, but uh, we sure have become like a hotbed for really good Christmas ale. Picked it up a notch. And then down here in Cincinnati, with the uh, the Germanville, if you will. We've just, there's so many good Oktoberfests that just come from this region and then throughout the state as well. So I was gonna say, these two beers are, I think, really some of our specialties.
2: Well, yeah, you guys are right. So Cincinnati and Cleveland bookend the top 10 of uh, bizjournals.com beer drinking cities. That's Cleveland's 10. Cincinnati's numero uno, followed by St. Louis, Asheville, Pittsburgh, Denver, uh, Bend, Oregon. Madison, Wisconsin, the other Oregon, Portland, and Missoula, Montana. So, I don't know.
1: Look, if you like beer, Ohio this is the, the place, place to, to go. go. And if yeah. you like Christmas ale and Oktoberfest, I know pretty much all the best Christmas ales I know are. A lot of them are actually in the Cleveland area, but you know, in Ohio in general, Oktoberfest. Obviously, Cincinnati has so many good Oktoberfests. So, this is our specialty. This is our time in Ohio, and um, I know we. Can't. You know what, guys? Fine, we'll have a couple beers yeah. every week on Thirty racks Sports. Darn, we'll drink a couple, and we implore you support your local brewery. Have a couple beers. with yeah, us. Yeah,
0: please at this time. Like I know a lot of them are delivering too.
1: Yeah, don't so even have to leave your. So many are delivering, abode.
0: and again, oh, yeah. Ohio OhioCraftBeer dot org. You can get on there right now and see an active map on which breweries in your area are opening and which are delivering. Uh, and yeah, I know we can't go to our normal October fests. I know the festivals, I know a lot of the Catholic festivals aren't happening. I know a lot of the Oktoberfests aren't happening here at the end of summer, but you can still support your local brewery, pick up some yeah. of their fall yeah, October Oktoberfests. Yeah.
2: I was just going to throw out, uh, yeah, just the top 50 list. Columbus was 28, uh, Akron was 36, and then Dayton was 42. So you got yeah. five cities in
0: the top 50, two in the top 10. And I, I think we owe a lot of that to our Oktoberfests and our Christmas sales. So oh, we're about to hit, hit tis the season. Is
1: the season to be drinking. Oh, to ball, be drinking. La, 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 drink, drink, drink. That's what's brewed in Ohio. All right, we now move into our first conversation. Well, first and only conversation in this shortened show where we talk about this weekend in sports. And we're actually going to start up north with our pals in Canada. The two bubbles opening up for the NHL. Uh... Western Conference in Edmonton, Eastern Conference in Toronto, and uh, obviously the hometown as in Ohio hometown, Columbus Blue Jackets, head up to Toronto to face the Maple Leafs. The Jackets are plus 6,000 to win the Cup, uh, tied for the 17th best odds out of the 24 teams, but do we want to start with the game or do we want to start with the bubble overall, Josh?
0: Uh, let's let's start with the game. You know, we're gonna kind of talk about you know the game, the sport itself in this conversation. And we're gonna kind of talk about uh, how it relates to the world. But I'll talk. We'll talk about the game first. Okay. I like uh, I like the Blue Jackets' chances going into this because the Blue Jackets have skaters. Um, and what I mean by that is you've got some faster guys. And and this might be the case. I guess you could say this for all teams now but you've got some guys that are going to be conditioned more because with this kind of a schedule, similar to how we've talked about with MLB, with kind of a condensed, it's not as condensed, but you're still going to have guys that are going to need to be in shape.
1: Yeah, uh, just to get on top of this real quick, uh, so the Jackets finished ninth in the East, but thanks to an expanded playoffs where the top 12 teams from each league get into the playoffs, they will face the eighth seeded Toronto Maple Leafs. They were one and one versus them in the regular season, uh, but both games were in October. And I I think I kind of agree with you on this. Uh, You know, looking at some of the experts, one of the things that they said was uh, the four check. So kind of four check for those of you who might not be as familiar is almost like a full court press Mm -hmm. for um, exactly
2: know what a forecheck is
1: for hockey. So, you know, checking, trying to create some pressure in the other team's defensive zone, try to get the puck back. They were very very successful at that last year um when they played the Lightning and were able to shock the Lightning and sweep them for nothing in the yeah. first round. Uh just play quick. Yeah, like I that. think yeah, in
0: that series, yeah. Uh
1: they may not be as talented especially on the top end cuz Toronto has former uh first overall pick Austin Matthews and then uh, John Tavares, who is the big pickup, who was like the superstar for the New York Islanders in past years. So they don't have the top-end talent, but they do have the experience in the playoffs. And then they're also starting to get more and more healthy, you know, uh, with everybody coming back after the stoppage. They had a lot of injuries before the stoppage, but they're starting to get more healthy I would say the biggest question would probably be goaltender-wise. They had, um, you know, with Sergey Brodsky leaving in free agency, they had Eunice Corposalo and Elvis Merzlikens kind of splitting time. Both had very high upside, couple, you know, uh, valleys, and then also some injuries. So it'll be interesting to see how Coach John Tortorella kind of mixes and matches and finds who can do well. I think in five games anything can happen, but I think – Maybe some Blue Jackets experience will kind of get them over the top. Zach, what do you
0: think? I I
2: totally agree, Greg. Every statement. uh, Go Blue Jackets! Yeah, I'm excited.
0: I mean, the schedule is going (laughs) to be well. Just to just to end. Wait to put me
2: on the spot, by the way, asshole. (laughs) No, I had nothing ready.
0: My my finishing. I figured you had something at this point. (laughs) I looked up four check on Google. I had that ready to go in case you were going. We go. Not not our hockey expert over there. I mean, I don't think any of us are big hockey experts, but I guess if I had to give my Who are we talking about over here? I'm sorry. You're an all all-encompassing sports expert. Yeah. That's why you're the talent. But uh someone say psychopath, I would say intelligent. I would agree. Sports addiction, borderline, but uh Fair. I guess I guess my one concern with the Blue Jackets going in is that your captain is still dealing with some injuries um nick folino did practice the other day but it was his first practice after like a couple weeks of being kind of in a day-to-day thing and unfortunately like what he described that as is was just dealing with soreness and while some may say that's an optimistic thing i would look at that as kind of a Problematic thing, like if a guy like Foligno is already dealing with some soreness and everything, you don't, like you said, Greg, you already lack a little bit of the creativity up front with the Blue Jackets. You really don't want to lose your captain that's holding it all together in that first line. So, yeah, I think the Blue Jackets could play a series like they did against the Lightning and just play really quick hockey, buckle down, get some really nice shots and opportunities off, and take advantage of those. But I do think. Uh, you know, I'm just worried about conditioning of some of these guys. It's a weird situation, and that's something yeah, that you have to worry about in these tournaments. I, I agree, uh,
1: you know, uh, especially talking about the front-line talent. The one issue that the Jackets had, uh, like I said, 33-22 and then 15 over, overtime losses. So not a great record finishing ninth in the East. But they were third in the NHL for goals against. So good goaltending overall. You're kind of worried about how, you know— both goaltenders are going to come back, how they're feeling. And their defensive play can be pretty consistent, too. Pretty consistent, especially with Seth Jones back. But the problem is, if they give up a couple goals, how are they going to respond? How are they going to come back? And then, also, only a five-game series, and Toronto's playing basically at home. And I know there aren't any fans in there, but maybe having a little bit more familiarity with with the area might come to hurt them. And, you know, this is a very tough draw for the Jackets, you know, if I had to put a bet on someone, I would probably take the Jackets just because of their experience and and the way Tortorella has been able to get the most out of them in the playoffs and, and when they've needed. But you know, I could see anything from a Blue Jacket sweep to a Maple Leaf sweep just because you have no idea what's going on in this bubble and you have no idea how the teams are going to come out with empty in- empty. Fans and
0: and everything, you know, you just have no idea. And, Greg, that could be, I said, talked about their weakness. I think that could be their one strength is that they've got Ports, who is uh, a veteran to strange postseason situations. Yeah, most wins all time by an
1: American coach.
0: Yeah, I think they've got a a real smart guy at the helm there. But then just to touch on kind of like the bubbles and the hometown aspect We've got the Maple Leafs in Toronto, and it's just and then you've got the Oilers in Edmonton, and I think the Oilers have yeah the Blackhawks uh, to start off not not an easy draw either, but they're still no, the, the Blackhawks team were the last team
1: in the like bubble record wise, but they actually have they've got weapons. better odds just because they have so many you know they've won three they won three Stanley Cups in the early 2010s. They have the championship pedigree, and they're just not a team you can overlook. So you could definitely see both of these Canadian teams getting knocked out by teams that just have a little— and it's shocking for me to say the Blue Jackets have more playoff experience, but considering it's a Maple Leafs team that hasn't won a cup since the 60s, and a Blue Jackets team that's young and feisty, you never know what can
0: happen. Now, now. But you don't want to discredit, like, when you go into these, this is what's different about these other bubbles, is that, like you were saying, the fans won't be there and everything. But you can't sit here and tell me that for all these teams that are going through all these different types of, like, you're, you're kind of going through camp right now in July. You've got to travel. You've got to kind of move your life to these bubbles for a while. And, and not, not that the Oilers players and staff and the Maple Leafs players and staffs aren't doing that. But when you can do that at home, like you don't have to move other pieces of your life, you know you know the staff there, you know the layout like you aren't going through so many of the mental changes that of oh, these yeah. other teams are. So sure, there might not be fans there, but mark my words, there's still definitely like that home field advantage. Like That's still your arena.
1: And I think you've seen it going to, uh, as we transition from the NHL into the MLS, you've seen that Orlando has played very well. They've, they've made it out of the first knockout stage, and you've seen just them being so close and not having the same transition, obviously training in the same weather for so long, understanding kind of, how everything is in Orlando so it's certainly an advantage but one of the other states that's having an odd advantage in in Florida is the state of Ohio you know going into this tournament both Cincinnati and Columbus were you know Columbus kind of them and Atlanta without Joseph Martinez were kind of on the edge of like who was going to hit the the number two seed out of the group but then Columbus goes undefeated. Cincinnati goes 2 and 1, you know, after that tough first game against Columbus where you, know, you thought they were dead afterwards. And both teams move on to the knockout stage. Columbus plays Minnesota, a team that was pretty mediocre during the group stage, only had one yeah. win after getting, you know, a red card, have given up some goals. And then FCC plays Portland, who has played really well. They're only, you know, they were 2 0 oh, 1, their only tie against a great LAFC team. A game that they look to be overmatched, but at this point with as well as F
0: C Cincinnati's being able to take advantage of their
1: opportunities, who knows with these teams, Josh?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like I know you and I you and I were very excited for this tournament, but like when you looked at that group draw, it was like, Oh, cool, we get the hell is real derby and everything, but but then we also are in this group with Atlanta and the New York Red Bulls, and those are two two powerhouse clubs right there, and you're like, Okay, Maybe the crew has a chance. You know, we really didn't get to see a lot of the crew with their additions and everything, so we weren't really sure. We felt they might be able to Yeah, they the transitioned a
1: whole lot. Oh,
0: you know? man.
1: Half, their, half their starting 11 changed from the beginning of last year.
0: And, and not to say that FC Cincinnati didn't, but Columbus, you more felt, was on the verge of something. And with FC Cincinnati, you know that this is still years, years away off. But if you would have said that Ohio... We're to take the group against Atlanta United and the New York Red Bulls. Everyone would have laughed at you a couple months ago. Like, so
1: I think the one big question that we have to ask is, how far do you see both of these teams going, Josh? Where do you see FC Cincinnati and, and the Cruz tournaments ending? Whether it's ending you know, in a loss or, heck, maybe even ending in you know, a trophy. Where well, do you see both of these teams
0: well, we've got FC Cincinnati playing uh, tonight. If you're catching us on Tuesday, um, and then the crew both teams playing tonight. Oh, so both the t- crew
1: play the early game. I believe it's the eight o'clock game, yeah, and right. then the ten thirty game is the That's Cincinnati right. game.
0: So, so the crew definitely have the better matchup here. FC Cincinnati, while Jopstam has done a great job of implementing this, you know, sit back and thing. And, and I say this with the condition that FC Cincinnati has a few guys out on injury. That if they get back then I think that kind of changes things a little bit and gives them a better chance. But you can only go so far in a tournament like in tournament play, man. Playing that sit back, hunker down, and take advantage of your opportunities that you bend get. Bend don't break. Yeah, that yeah. bend don't break. That only gets you so far in tournament. All right, So I, I don't know if FC Cincinnati gets maybe one or two more rounds. Columbus now. Columbus is set to poise. They're, they're poised to make a run here. I think they've got a great draw in Minnesota. Don't want to overlook it and everything, but Columbus has the pieces there. When you look at Columbus's roster and the, the way they've played through this tournament, Columbus could put a run together to win this tournament, I think.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you. and I, I would say with FC Cincinnati, I'm not as much putting down FC Cincinnati as I might have been early in the tournament. I think watching Portland, and especially the way they played against LAFC, which might be the best team in the league, I think – Portland is a top three to five team in the league. So I yeah. think FC Cincinnati has shown some grit, and I think, you know, they've shown to be a formidable team I mean, at times. When
0: they played LFC last year, they only. Uh, um, I didn't want to. Uh, I might be misremembering this here. They only allowed a goal and a half or only lost by a goal or something like that. Yeah. Like, they played them. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, I mean. But it's one of these things that, coming into this year, you know, you you had a couple losses. You had the big loss to the crew, and you thought that was, you know, the crew were kind of a mediocre team. But you realize the crew is a top three team, probably, in the tournament. I expect to see the crew probably, you know, I expect them to, to beat Minnesota, not having Eloy room in goal is kind of an issue, but, you know, their backups have played pretty well. I expect to see the crew either be in the semifinals or the finals. I would like to see them lift the trophy, but I expect to at least see them in the semifinals, you know, round of 16 right now, so at least two wins. Cincinnati, I would say, would probably lose right now, but I wouldn't take any... I'm not down on FC Cincinnati. I'm just more up on Portland, thinking they're probably a
0: top five team in the league yeah i mean if if cincinnati does make it through then maybe they do have a path there because i am not confident in that new york city fc team that has kind of been all over the place yeah. in the tournament columbus um also has a tough match we'll see who wins this san jose real salt lake game um if they draw san jose that could i think give them the biggest challenge san jose of, can score a lot yeah so. san jose's got an offense uh, real salt lake kind of not the same as last year but still a challenging team. Yeah. Um yeah, I just I really like Columbus's chances here. I, eventually you are going to have to face off with an LAFC or Seattle team. Both of those teams very good, but I like Columbus's chances to go far in this tournament. Hope the best for Cincinnati, but I just don't see it.
1: Yeah, I mean, hope the best for both Ohio teams. I think the last thing that that we want to kind of touch on before I move on to the NBA is just you know, with uh, the NHL, they've so far seemed to do a pretty good job with the bubble. The MLS is kind of the first team or first league to do a great job with the bubble. They've had no positive
0: tests in weeks. They've been able they've to gone kind of control seven or eight consecutive rounds of testing without a zero po zero positive tests.
1: Yeah, and that's including you know, coaches, assistants, Impressive. trainer, and everything. So, you know that that shows when you have a bubble and you have discipline and you kind of have these rules set in stone, you know, it's tough in the U S with as, as, um, you know, as out there as coronavirus is as prevalent as it is everywhere to keep everything down. But it's very impressive in the MLS going from one part of Disney for a bubble to another part of Disney, the NBA getting started off this week. And before we get to the big bubble story, um, (laughs) I think just a general overview, you know, they have their qualifying, sort of their qualifying round. They have about eight games to try to seed up some teams for a while, and then they'll they'll have the playoffs. And I think it'll be a very different environment. But as you start to see some scrimmages, you see the the courts kind of out there, and teams are starting to get back to form. Who do you think is the most dangerous team in this tournament, Josh?
0: NBA? Uh, I, I've, I've I've racked my brain on this. I'm not, you know, you guys know I'm not the big NBA here. I'm definitely the low man on the totem pole with the NBA when it comes to the three of us. But, um, and correct me if I'm wrong. And I, I hate to say it, but the Lakers seem to have a lot of weapons. Oh yeah, the Lakers seem. I mean, to have, they have LeBron James. They've been Well, playoffs. yeah. They they seem yeah. to keep adding things too, and. The, that camp and that group seems to be proving people wrong on the whole notion that when you put so many superstars in a room, you're gonna get some bad mojo. But that group seems no, to yeah, really be clicking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you've got, yeah, I,
1: you've got some wild cards in there. You've but got
0: some wild cards in there, definitely. Um, but I just, and like I said, I'm not the big NBA guy here, but I just feel like the Lakers have a lot of weapons right now to work in this tournament.
1: Zach, over to you. I mean, you certainly watch the NBA yeah. a, a decent amount. Who do you think is the best team out there?
2: Oh, I didn't know if we were doing I thought you were doing, like, under the radar. Well,
1: the we could do under the radar. Uh, yeah, uh, any team that you want. I mean, when yeah, I agree with that the has Lakers. a big storyline here. I oh, guess. I mean,
2: I don't know. I was thinking of a couple of teams that might be like, everybody's want the Lakers. Yeah. yeah, I agree. The Lakers are, they don't win it. It's a failure. Honestly, this is all playing out for them, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. I like the Mavs or the Bucks, though. As like kind of like those teams. I mean, people are talking about the Bucks obviously because of uh, the Greek freak, but I don't
0: know.
2: I like the Mavs. They got. I like their roster. I like their makeup. Are they a team I think can get some people some problems? Yeah, Craig,
0: you're you're the NBA guy. You here.
2: are the ultimate NBA. Tell so me. So. I guess I
0: I think
1: if I had to pick a team that I am most scared of, it's actually the Bucks because I think well, I if you them. look at the Lakers, they have Avery Bradley missing some time rondo missing some time you know right now going into the early rounds and it might not be the same once the playoff starts right. but you have you know J.R. smith who hasn't played in a while deon waiters getting some minutes that worries me um the clippers we'll get to lou williams in a second but has been up and back uh you know they have montrezl harrell who has been kind of uh, out so we don't know about his quarantine situation the Bucks just have everybody. They have Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is the scariest player in the league on a daily basis. They have Bledsoe, who's a great defender. They have a stretch five in Brook Lopez, who can make threes and defend the rim very well. I would, you would expect to see the Bucks in the finals no matter what. But also, if I had to pick a team out of the West, probably the Clippers. Nothing against LeBron James, but Kawhi Leonard is an absolute monster. Really? He's an absolute monster. You expect to see the LA teams at the end, but I think just LeBron is just a step slower, and I think Kawhi Leonard is just an unbelievable athlete. Paul George is a great defender, too. He's the regular MVP candidate. But I would agree, if I had to pick a team to kind of surprise ever, anyone, I would say it would be the Mavericks. I think Luka Doncic is a great player. They have some some guys that can get some buckets in a Tim Hardaway, uh, yeah. you know they have some decent defenders, and they certainly have the rim protection.
0: That's they could I be mean. they
1: could be someone that the, that could cause some issues. They have an
2: intriguing roster. If you're a coach yeah. um, you know getting hired, yeah, if you're that, Rick, that's a roster Rick Carline, that yeah. I'm like, ooh, I could do something with that roster. So, so, that's I guess,
0: Greg, before we exit the and or before we get to the uh, what did Lou Michael Buble esque problems? Um, I just want to ask you is. Uh, a casual, very casual NBA fan. My thing with the Bucks and the Mavs is that you've kind of got the one superstar. Are those teams complete enough in to Mavs, be able to got make poor a run? Poor I would right, say... Yeah. I, I guess, are those teams complete JJ enough Barrera? in so, their starting lineup? and Do they have guys off the The bench
1: one thing I would say about the Bucks. Is I feel like Chris Middleton, who is the shooting guard, is one of the most, probably one of the biggest under the radar players. He is like close to a level of like a star in this league. He's an unbelievable three point shooter, uh, can stretch the floor, great defender. He's a guy that can cause issues. The one thing that is big in the playoffs is being able to play defense. And when you have especially guard defense. When you can have Middleton and Bledsoe coming at you, that's going to be an issue. Uh, Giannis, his biggest issue is always shooting because he's a long guy, he's a tall guy, but he can't shoot quite as well. If he can hit some outside shots, expand the defense a little bit, get some open spaces in the middle, they have a ton of guys that can stretch the floor around him. The, The other problem that I have is that the East really, I mean, the Celtics are an okay team, the Raptors are an okay team. I really like Pascal Siakam from the Raptors, but there's not a whole lot of tattering and bruising that I can see the Bucks taking in the East. The West is kind of a meat grinder. I think there are a lot of underrated teams in the West. The Blazers can make some noise. Obviously, the Lakers might have to play a team like the Grizzlies, which have a lot of young talent, or the Pelicans, which have a ton of young talent, especially Zion and Brandon Ingram. So I think the one issue that you have to worry about a team coming out of the West is just if they have to face a lot of seven-game series and put a lot of wear on their body, even after five weeks off, they could be in rough shape facing a Bucks team that I could see going five games all the way through.
0: Yeah. All right. So that's the that's the all right, one thing. Thank you for your insight.
1: From the well, from the NBA game to the NBA bubble, uh, the big news, well. They also have a bubble going on at Disney along with they're, the MLS. They're, they're both ESPN Worldwide they're of Sports. They're both in the correct? ESPN Worldwide of Sports. They have their new uh, court out, which you've seen with some uh, like fan projections on the side. It's been kind of interesting. But they've had a number of players leave for family emergencies. And it's been interesting. You wonder if that's you know just normally stuff that would get thrown under the rug if it wasn't for... you know. Players not being able to kind of travel as they want to, or you know, go home as they want to on a regular basis, or whether it's something different. Well, the first big story came out as, of a player kind of uh, leaving and pulling some hijinks. Lou Williams left the bubble for a family emergency, and it was for I believe it was a it was a grandparent. It was either a funeral or um, he was at least sick. It was some sort of sickness uh, yeah. by a grandparent. Legit. Yeah, it was a legit. So he went back to his hometown of Atlanta. But then while he was back, uh, there was a post by um, rapper Jack Harlow of him and Lou Williams in. Uh,
2: Jack Harlow is not even really a rat. He's like the worst. <laughs> yeah, he I'm was like, in. He was in. He, he was that in. Guy. Not a lyricist. Yeah.
1: Well, he was in the strip club Magic City in Atlanta. Uh, it was quickly taken down. Harlow said it was an old post of him reminiscing with friends with Williams. Then it came out that missing Yeah. Then yeah, it came right. out that's that what
0: they're calling it now. Yeah.
1: Williams was wearing a mask that he was provided in the NBA bubble. So couldn't really get that out. Lou Williams uh, claimed he was just there to pick up some wings. Now, before we get into the conversation, Lou Williams has claimed several times in the last ten years that his favorite wings are from the Magic City Gentlemen's Club. And he also has a wing sauce named after him, the Lou Williams lemon pepper barbecue wings. Zach, what do you make of this um, wing maybe real, looking real, for thighs instead situation?
0: Real quick. Can can I read the expert or the excerpt from like why he got these rings? And this is this is what Josh Hart from the Pelicans posted. Oh thank he, goodness. He captioned this former yeah.
1: Laker, uh former Stand out. Former Villanova stand out, Josh Hart.
0: He captioned this with, Yo, if the wings at Magic City hit like this, I'm leaving the bubble. And he just posted this excerpt here. Which I'm assuming is from Lou Williams. But y'all, the reason I came here, the wings. Those mother-clucking wings delivered to you by gods on the other side of a tiny little window. Pro tip, bring cash only, or else you're starving. Card will get you nowhere here. I entered Nirvana when I hit the first wing... I could hear the deafening, crispy crunch over the loud music and conversation. It just became me and the chicken wing, and no one else was around. The perfect amount of sauce so you weren't begging for napkins. I feel that. Oh, y'all. The right amount of salt so you weren't done after two. feel that, too. The medium wings had just the right amount of heat that you weren't sucking in your mouth. Paired with a cold beer or drink to cleanse your mouth before the next bite, it was perfection. And the fries are my favorite type. Basically steak fries. Little golden pillows of heaven. They were so good. We were ordered another box. Now, it could have been the alcohol tasting this food. And who knows if I'll feel the same way about those wings when I'm sober. But I'd like to say it's part of the magic of Magic City that made those wings taste so damn good.
2: It was the titties. That's all he wanted. That whole description. He even put a disclaimer at the end. He put a disclaimer. He's like, I don't know. Maybe it was the alcohol. No, you weren't there. Lou. Lou, if you want to get some good wings. As a wing aficionado, I feel anywhere I go, I get wings. But it's a one-time thing, they have wings on them. I test them out. I've been all over the country, Lou. Come with me. I will find you some wings that aren't in a strip club, brother. Like, there's no way. The wings, they don't give a shit about their food in a strip club. You don't have to. People aren't there for
0: the food. And that's that's why I have a hard time believing the whole. I don't believe it. uh, You. To to the the perfect amount of sauce, so you weren't begging for napkins. Well, I feel that statement. I don't believe that they would care about that at no. the famous or infamous Magic City. No. no,
2: no, they don't. They don't, homeboy. You, you fucked up, <laughs> and you so, were caught, and so it's what, all right.
0: So What are his but... repercussions now? All right, nothing. So
1: I'm gonna no. Apparently, it's gonna be there. more
0: quarantine. Right? Yeah, he's
1: got he's got a longer quarantine, so he will miss. He is now subject to a 10 day quarantine when he gets back to the bubble which will mean that he'll miss his first uh, few games in the qualifying round. It's
2: like saying, you know, like Hooters' wings are great. They're not. They're mediocre as hell. And, again, they don't have to have great wings because a bunch of pervs will go in there. You know what I mean? Like, they don't have to be
1: My good. biggest problem with Lou Williams going
2: and— Okay, or the other part. It, he will- I I'm going to jump on you here. I'm sorry. This is my other part I going to bring up. What's in a perfect world said they were amazing. You're a rich guy use some context here say hey you're my buddy i'll give you like money go pick him up for me you know right like that's exactly what context. i was going to say like, is
1: you know you're smart enough you've read enough about this being an nba player you know one the virus spreads more in these bars or these gentlemen's clubs so wings, you're, you're in
0: establishments
1: you're at risk bars, going to these and places and i guess getting beers as well as wings and you know that if you're out in public at a place like that, maybe not Jack Harlow is gonna take your picture, but I'm sure Jack there were other there were other pictures. There were other pictures probably taken. Conversation. And that's the problem: is you have to be smarter. And
2: he's, he's not lucky. dumb. He's, he's on fucked
1: a, up. Yeah, he's he lucky he's out. on the team that doesn't really matter for the qualifying rounds. The Clippers are gonna make it into the playoffs. Seating doesn't really matter because everyone's in a bubble. It's a random court. Who cares? But, if you pull this crap and you're, you know, on a team that's kind of on the bubble or if someone leaves again right before the playoffs start, this could really affect a team. And I think that's one of the things that the NBA has to be cognizant of is if this, if these players leave, and I understand there are hundreds of reasons to want to leave you know tons of family could get sick children could get sick i mean it's certain other issues could happen especially during a pandemic but you can't pull that crap and you know what the fact that they took it only a 10-day quarantine he should feel lucky about that
0: i mean we should all like that that should be our mindset like you were just saying greg that should be our mindset for all of us is that it's not just i mean I don't think we've ever explained to anyone like the three of us see each other on a regular. We're not we do. just we're not just three dudes that go weeks without. We all see each other very regularly. I
1: try not to, but yeah. Um, really but friends. it's
0: it's like we couldn't do this podcast if like you like if the three of us lived. Com- elsewhere and oh, like no. we're going through doing different things like yeah. the three of us are regularly together we're part of in kind of our own quarantine yeah in our own bubble keep the 10 people you regularly right um, you we, we've kept kept it within 10 10 people and yeah. it just goes back to the same whole thing is that every place you go every group every new group that you get with you increase the risk and everything i mean we have made the point to stay within our bubbles just so we can keep doing this now oh, yeah and it's he, uh, it goes to that whole thing. I know, I know the NBA has been doing well on their tests and everything, and so has. has the MLS and everything. But as we see, as we're about to discuss... It There's wasn't another side. about the wings. It wasn't about I the wings. I want to hear
2: about that fucking wings, Lou. I will take you out to some good wing places if you want to go. Murray's Wings down yeah, on Green got, City. Got, I'll take got, you plenty of places to places that have great fucking have wings. Great wings. I'll take All right. you
0: to the Quaker Steak and Lou in downtown Youngstown well, and give you an experience.
1: Yeah, there you go. We're gonna go from wings to legs as we start to roll into the MLB portion. And I think we'll start just because that was the best transition I could find. We're going to start That's a good one. with the Red Legs. Josh, the Reds dropping two of three to probably one of the five worst teams in the league, we would assume going into the season. Probably, probably. The Detroit Tigers. Um, Red Legs, big win on opening day. Blow a lead on Saturday and then just can't get the run support and end up falling behind Late in the game on Sunday. I know you said you wore that red jersey because you're red hot. What are your red hot thoughts on the red legs yeah, after the first if weekend? If you've
0: watched us on social media this week, uh, you know I'm wearing the, the Reds jersey. Uh, Barry Larkin, by the way. Um, and I wore, I was going to uh, wear my. Where? Wore
2: what? I was going to wear. That 8% really getting to him, man. Is this 8%? It's almost 7.2.
0: 7.5. I I was going to wear a different jersey. I was going to wear a white jersey uh, for the Reds. And then I decided to wear this one because, like I told you guys earlier, I'm red hot about the Reds. Uh, Let me me drop a little information on you guys here. We're ready. Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, and Trevor Bauer. All three great pitchers there combined for (laughs) eighteen. You guys ever saw Trevor Bauer like nobody's doing? Thirteen, eighteen. It It pitched well this week. Yeah. yeah. So they only allowed eleven hits combined. Only eleven hits, three earned runs, and four walks. Thirty-three strikeouts and a combined ERA of one point four seven. Pretty good. And they lost two out of three. To the one of the worst teams, worse than they were off last year. I and mean, you can make Detroit, Detroit The titles.
2: argument that they might be the worst. You can make that. I argument. mean, yeah, they
1: might be the worst. They were. I mean, bad Baltimore is still year? in the league. Let's. Baltimore and I Seattle. Mean, fair, fair. Yeah,
2: Baltimore yeah, yeah. Well, really Seattle, Seattle's year, got a little Detroit bit. Detroit was
0: bad last year. Look through that roster. And let me I have. I mean, them. they got a little bit. I Detroit was bad last year, but they're worse this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Detroit's so just So you can it. definitely make the argument that they're one of the worst teams in baseball, and we had a 1.47 ERA and 33 strikeouts against them over a three-game series, and we only won a game. That's awful.
1: Yeah, the ERA. That's or, or the... terrible. Bullpen in the first game. Robert Stevenson getting wrapped up. Iglesias giving a Bobby
0: Stevenson needs to. Homer. I don't know what is. I, every time, and I have home so much hope for this guy because three letters. in the
2: minors he's
0: no he, great. Three letters.
2: Four A guy.
0: But yeah, I mean he just gets rocked when he comes up to the MLB. D- four a. A. D- I, Yeah. F-A. Well, and unfortunately D- we're getting F-A. like you guys had brought up in previous seg- segments. That what happens if you start to have some pitching injuries on the Reds, yep. and we're seeing that out on play right now. And it doesn't help that Michael Lorenzen is trying to pitch a game and then go hook up with Haley Williams from Paramore after with his kicked Vans that he got. I don't yeah, know he's got Van cleats. He got oh. These, oh, I saw
2: those. Those he got were these terrible.
0: Vans with those cleats were on terrible. them.
2: Like, Wait, he's hanging up paramore they're not even relevant anymore no, what? it was a vans joke that's my
0: vans joke like he's got i thought to, we were straight up going to talk about
2: paramore, got, a game, but eight, got a game at eight
0: got a game at eight got to hit front stage at the vans Wolf no i tour saw 11, i saw right? i saw <laughs> yeah. the tweet that was hilarious yeah but so, that's i'm saying like you guys were right bullpen issues could plague the reds and we're seeing it play out and it doesn't help that you have guys like eugenio suarez and we can get to the matt davidson at dh thing in another day and he and as we talk about sports in this whole long conversation that we're having, we're talking about sports as they relate to COVID. Matt Davidson came out of nowhere, somehow made the op- opening day roster, and was the DH for the Reds. He had tested positive for COVID. The next day, Mike Moustakas wakes up not feeling well, scratched. Nick Senzel wakes up not feeling well, scratched. So... There's a lot of question marks, way more question marks from the Cincinnati Reds than I was hoping for when we got out of this opening series. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I know. After the first day, I saw some people tweeting, this lineup's better than the 2010-2011 Reds. And then you see pitchers, you know, Reds get out to a big lead on Saturday, give it up. And then Sunday is scratched, Senzel scratched, can't get things going, and then they end up losing two to the
0: one. Well, and and sometimes I get I get heat out in the world for some of my takes on here, but I think everyone can agree with me on the fact that David Bell is is a micromanager and pulls yeah. pulls a picture inning too early. And here, and, yeah. and I understand that you, and this is what everybody's been talking about. And I want to speak to Reds fans exclusively right now for a minute. I know that. A lot of people are upset about some guys being pulled early and here's my take on this. And tell me if I'm wrong. At the beginning of the season, especially a condensed season where you're just going to go go go, you want to manage your starting pitchers and keep their pitch count down and everything. All of these guys especially hit about with the short summer camp. All of these guys had about 90 mm-hmm. to 100. Now, now, mm-hmm. now. My other part to this is that I will never ever ever support pulling a pitcher after he's still throwing gas and just struck out the side. Does he need to finish the next inning? No. But should he deserve to start the next inning after he's still throwing 96-98 and struck out the side? Absolutely. Luis Castillo, Sunday, you're going to have those games where the hits just aren't there and you're going to drop a one-man yeah, game. Yeah, the pitches,
1: pitches pile up. I mean, yes. what, Bauer was at six and a third. Yeah. Pitches were Bauer, piling like up. Bauer
0: pitched a great game, but sometimes you're just going to have those Especially when those you get
2: days. that many strikeouts, yeah. the pitches pile up. I mean, Bauer throws 200
0: pitches and yeah. he goes five innings. Right. I mean, well, yeah, maybe with the Indians. With the Indians. <laughs>
2: Even with the Get ready. goddamn. <laughs> yeah, I'm all. I'm, oh, I'm uh, you better myself. be ready.
0: But my point is is that sometimes you're going to have the game Sunday. Saturday should never, ever happen. Ever. You should never be up with a lead like that. Pull your guy after he just struck out the side and was still throwing 96-98. That should never happen. Ever. Especially in this shortened game. You cannot micromanage games like that. No. And then this whole thing that we're going with Rossel Iglesias, we like him in this position. (laughs) We like this guy in this situation. We like this guy in this situation. We didn't see Pedro Strope till Sunday. I mean, at a, at a certain point, you have to question, at this point, you have to question the management of the Reds and if they're going to be able to pull it off. Because let me tell you, the pieces are there. And we cannot have games like Saturday happen if we're going to make it all the way.
1: Yeah. And yeah. from one unproven manager that has been shown that you know, his uh, treatment of the starting pitchers is a bit spotty to a, a veteran manager who does a great, who honestly does a great job, an okay job of managing his starting pitchers. We're going over to the Indians. 1 2 of 3 uh dropped the middle game in extra innings. Kind of disappointing to see, but overall uh, uh an op- some optimism coming out of Cleveland
2: after uh the first three-game series I mean, against the Royals. Yeah, right, I mean yeah, the rotation uh big 3 there, you know. Uh oh, Shane Bieber. God damn, this this no organization produces starting pitching like the Cleveland Indians. That's that's done. That's over. Um, that's been decided. Yeah, Shane Bieber dominated. Uh, Cookie coming back from missing a lot of last season with leukemia. Right,
1: came up, he had a solid,
2: very Brilliant. good outing. Very great outing. I mean, you think six innings,
1: two runs. I mean, that's
2: you'll he'll, take that ten the strikeouts. Built off from there, definitely. And then even Clevenger coming back from that weird knee injury he had, um, gave up the two quick bombs, but settled down. Some ups and downs, but still, uh, Yeah, it was spotty, but still a solid outing. Only gave it two earned, and then, you know, they really lost that game, um... You know, game two, it was that weird... The Indians were actually the first team, that's always the joke, of course, the Indians were the first team to lose an extra innings game with that whole new second base rule. Get why it's there, don't mind it. Yeah, you're, you're gonna see more of those games lost by teams where you're... Probably normally wouldn't. Um, they lost that game. I didn't like the fact that they brought Korinichak back in for a second inning, um... He's a guy I'm very excited about. I think he'll be the eighth-inning guy in front of hand. Um, still a little wild, still a little young. He got through the first inning that they brought him in. I thought that should have been it. They should have brought somebody else in. I think that's, again, where Kona. sometimes Question some of the moves. Um, I think the biggest issue is in the ninth inning where you have bases loaded with one out and you can't get anything across. Well, yeah, yeah you the can offense. Blame
1: the no,
2: and... no, no. I'm not blaming the extreme. I said I get it, I like it. It's those you're gonna have those games. No, I agree. The bit the you know, they had the nine run game um yesterday, but otherwise, you know, again, this is the Royals. Step above the Tigers, not much though. So overall, um I feel positive about the rotation. Bullpen Nah, I don't know. It's a little better, not great. And then the offense, you know, Lindor's two for uh,
0: fourteen right now. He'll get going. Why not tell you Lindor made some really just flat out impressive. Oh plays no, yeah, I mean the, the, the defensive side. it was amazing. And, and
2: since he came up in fifteen, he has consistently been an offensive performer. So I, I trust him. He'll get it together. Uh, we got we saw J. Ram finally get it going uh, yesterday. The two bombs.
0: So I like the team.
2: Uh, yeah, not a bad start. I mean, and I can't I, complain. Two and one. you got to be, I happy. Think, take two gotta out be
0: happy with the Jose Ramirez. I mean, like I didn't oh, mention, yeah. I'm so happy with the Joey Votto start. But yeah, the yeah, he's Jose a nice Ramirez star. start. Yeah. Too. I mean, yeah, those are definitely. two guys on each team Streaky that you're like, and, these and, guys who normally get off to slow starts, they got to start. Right, right. And they both. And out yeah. of them, the, man, the other thought, doing great.
1: Tuesday, you know, uh, after the rainout Monday, Tuesday, the Indians welcome the White Sox. White Sox gave up a ton of runs in two of the three games against the Twins so you'll have a chance to score some runs at home you hope, during yeah. the week hopefully and then this weekend you'll get your big test against exactly. the Twins exactly. so exactly you'll get the twins. Yeah. So that'll be big uh you know
2: Reds also, um,
1: well, right now, a delay, probably postponement against the Cubs. I think It'll they announced it's a postponement.
2: I think the Reds the postponement. I think they announced. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: As as we get as we get to some like breaking MLB news with yeah, there's some postponements uh, on the time of our recording for the Reds Cubs game. Um, there's also some breaking news related to the Indians. Uh, first off. Corey Kluber, who they traded away to the right. Rangers, is probably going to get shut out down weeks. Yeah. Um, for the season. Yeah, right now, out four weeks, there's guys like him and Verlander right now that kind of have like an iffy, yeah. could be Forearm, a couple weeks, strain, shoulder strain could be a couple like weeks, that. could be shut down for the season. And then the big, life, news, life. the big news for the Indians going into this weekend is that White Sox manager Rick Renteria will not be coaching in that series as he awaits the test oh, wow. of a COVID-19 result as he... was. Res- as he woke up to a cough and nasal congestion similar to Mike Moustakis and Nick Senzel. So I guess that leads us to our next part of this conversation as we've talked with the other sports and how they've handled their bubbles and how they're working really well. I mean, guys, let's talk about the lack of a bubble and how it's really kind of killing the MLB. Yeah,
1: and you look at, I mean, Rick Renteria, who I know very well, You know, former manager of the Cubs during their rebuild, uh, former manager, um, you know, former bench coach on the west coast for a while but the big thing is with him having symptoms with the reds having symptoms and then obviously the big story uh what i believe it was 14 marlins uh, yeah. staff 14. members players and uh players and coaching and staff 14 or 13 combined uh testing positive for covid um games uh marlins orioles in Miami was canceled. The Orioles flew home. Uh, Phillies, Yankees canceled for right now. A lot of question marks in the MLB as we start to go forward. Obviously, they're the one league playing in the U.S. without any sort of bubble precautions. Uh, They do have, you know, no fans. They have a lot of the testing precautions, but obviously testing isn't as quick. You know, the testing that's more accurate is like the two-day testing, so they're trying to figure that out. Zach, what are your thoughts on, I guess, the ability of Major League Baseball to play this season during this whole pandemic? And it's a, it's an impossible I mean, question to, be to answer. Fair,
2: to be fair to Major League Baseball, everybody's missing the point. The player, the Major League Baseball is the strongest union in the world of anything. Nobody has a stronger union than baseball players um, in any industry. And, uh, you know, we heard it all summer. The players were not going to play in a bubble. That was it. That was non-negotiable. Yeah, it
1: was so an early story maybe you know florida and arizona and then coming together like yeah they no, were NHL not gonna do thing, it. and, they just gonna and
2: do it. um i think it's 50 50 at this point i was kind of shocked when i heard about the marlins thing that they didn't shut it down today honestly i was ready for I manfred yeah. to come out but, uh, well i'm amazed and they didn't good. shut it down there were some
1: potential results going into yesterday's game and i'm right. amazed they didn't cancel the game and now um, i'm gonna give it less games. than 50
2: I'm, i think it's 30 chances because i don't i don't know i highly it's, doubtful
1: it's we get, so we get through another it's couple so of weeks. up
0: in the air now i mean when you look at if we you put the get...
1: over under at 39 and a half games that they'll play this season i'm taking the under i
0: take the, the under, the under. Yeah, I'd take i take the think. under just because i mean you look at this weekend and we had one team that is absolutely skyrocketing in COVID cases we've got and we have not heard the results from Cincinnati yet, but you had Mike Mustakas and Nick Senzel wake up not feeling good, and they were yeah. scratched from the lineup for the remainder of the two games this weekend. And that's after a uh, newly signed Chicago Cub, former Cincinnati Reds player Derek Dietrich, came to the Cincinnati camp after testing positive. Of course, quarantined. Of course, quarantined. I'm not blaming him. Right. But I'm just saying we knew there were one. Two, it, there were two yeah. Reds.
1: Two Braves players or two Braves catchers were having symptoms. They said they were negative. Uh, what, Victor Robles, I believe. Yeah. Or at least one of the Nationals players tested positive right before the opener. Yeah. And it's just, you see with some of these other leagues, like the EPL, they had a couple early, and then they were able to shut it down. The NBA, so far in the bubble, has been decent. MLS, once everybody got into the bubble, pretty much shut down all the cases but it's difficult when you're traveling around and you're dealing with all this other stuff like, to shut everything down. Exactly. Yeah, with
0: the MLB it's like you can't really shut it down as well and like you were saying, Greg, we've only had like some it just starts with these one or two things whether it be a trainer or a staff player or what happened A have manager you. and
1: Rick Raneria. Right? Yeah, yeah, a manager
0: and Rick Yeah, exactly. There's so many little things that can make it. So let me ask you guys this. We had like the Central, the West, and the East from our segment last week, if you saw it on social media or who you got, we kind of broke those down into mm-hmm. each combined division of the, the West, Central, and East. Yeah. Do you think, similar to NHL is doing with the West in Edmonton and the East in Toronto, do you think if we would have done something in MLB where, I, I don't know, San Francisco was the West hub, Chicago, Chicago was yeah. the Central yeah, hub, New York. New York or Philadelphia was yeah. the East hub. Where you could have if a that couple stadiums. Better?
1: I think it would have because yeah, if yeah. you can contain these people in a small amount of area. Because the problem that the that the um, MLB has right now that the NBA and the other leagues don't have. Obviously, if you go overseas, you know the way they've been able to control that um, the virus has been different. But if you look at them, they're away from family. They're not driving in. They don't have the same. Uh, public ability you even see there were there was a king's player a couple weeks ago that walked just out of the disney campus to pick up you know grubhub or whatever and he got put back on quarantine they they were able to control where these guys go so much that the mlb doesn't have and there was an interview with trevor bowery he's talking about well we got to take our temperature in the morning and then we got to take a spit test and everything but when you're able to move as freely as the MLB players are, and from what we can gather, and obviously, you know, all the information has been so spotty, how long it takes this virus to develop and when we're not sure, you know, when you're contagious until you start feeling anything or start facing any symptoms, if it's fourteen days and you're contagious after seven, then you have yeah. seven days that you could feel fine, pass all the tests right. and if you're still walking around in public you can pass it to all of your teammates, all of your staff members, players on other teams when you're on base, all that stuff. It's not
0: surprising. It's not I mean, surprising. I know, I know we haven't wanted to, like, we want to stay, like, sports and fun and everything, and we're choosing to kind of address the elephant in the room on our shorter show tonight and yeah. just have this conversation. But, like— But it affects sports for us. It affects sports for us in, like— like, even – I'm throwing a little curveball to you guys right now, but, like, even at the time of our recording today on Monday, like, the Ohio High School Athletic Association and their coaches association met with Governor Mike DeWine to just figure out – I mean, we, we talk about it at the pro level a lot here on the show and the collegiate level who's gone to non-conference only. But you got to think about – I mean, the state of California pushed back high school football. Yeah. And here in Ohio, we're still – as of today, we're still – Uh, Monday when we're recording, Tuesday if you're listening to us or later in the week. As of this week, we are still pushing forward with fall sports in Ohio. And that means football and boys and girls soccer. And I know there's there's like an 80-plus page proposal to the OHSA to try and figure this out. But... You go. Doesn't you go sense. back to see. You can't, you look you can't at how, put look at these the kids in a bubble, yeah. and you can't put, yeah, if, no, you can't no, put no. if you can't put the MLB in a bubble. Yeah,
1: you go to Kroger. That's exactly what I'm someone saying. Someone coughs on you, and that's the problem when you can't control these people in a specific area. And they said, you know, chefs are coming in and out, but the food, you know, is kind of a low risk if they're delivering it to the room and whatnot right. and you disinfect it. But yeah. the problem is, if you're able to go out to the restaurants you want, you know, Magic City. Lou Williams went out there and he got photographed. I mean Any Atlanta baseball player could go out there. And As long as he passes the spit test and the temperature test the next morning and doesn't get photographed, right. he could go to Magic City fair.
0: every right. I mean that's the union. Night. That's
2: the way baseball wanted it, that's the way it's gonna be. Well, well, and and that's, that's a problem. Let's and that's look hurting at them it. in the
0: end. That's hurting them in the end. I'm I understand. know, but I don't disagree with the players though. I don't they didn't even with want to I don't think
2: the players really wanted to play, to be yeah. honest.
0: Besides the salary, they didn't want to. I think the players wanted to play. I think they have. Uh, if I think they, wanted they have, to, They would
2: have done the bubble in Arizona.
0: I think they have. I understand. I okay. I understand where they are coming from. From that, they don't want to be in charge in, like away from their families. But Greg, like, let's talk about like you and I and where we like you and I went to the same high school, which I don't know if it still is, but at the time, was the largest student body in the state of Ohio. At Mason High School, let's let's look at it from that perspective for a minute because we've seen how it works. It's we, a breeding ground. Yeah, it's a breeding. Well, like ground. yeah, it's exactly like you look at where these teams in these leagues are that are in bubbles. They're doing it successfully. Yeah, it's. It's like yes, they might be away from their families. The NBA got to bring their families. I'm uncertain of how it works in the MF, MLS.
1: No, the NBA they they did not. Oh, they did not. So, okay. No, because um, they have their
0: own rooms. The one thing that I will say
1: is going to a large high school. And places like that are a breeding ground. Everybody gets they the are. flu. I remember we had you and I, a,
0: you oh. and I, back in uh, not sports, according to some people, but you and I were in the marching band, and you and I dealt with the swine flu outbreak. Yeah, a quarter of our
1: school got swine flu, and like not just marching band, the entire school. I know. Did you have swine flu?
0: I did not. Okay, I, <laughs> I was did. Lucky. Yeah, I did, I and I was did. down yeah. for
1: like four days. My brother was. My brother had to
0: be hospitalized yeah. for it
1: for a little bit. So it's one of those things where it's like, when the more people you come in contact and the less you're quarantined, the higher risk you are. I mean, it's like anything else. If you stay at home, right. it's better than it, anything. And we're else.
0: seeing that proven with the MLS and the NBA, and hopefully the MLS with the has NHL. Had
1: zero positive tests in the last what seven rounds of yeah. tests, and, and that's everybody and you say you know you look at an MLS roster with everything is probably about the same size it's not you know obviously the NBA is a little bit smaller the NFL's larger but you think about a 25-man roster plus trainers and, and coaching staff and everything it's similar and when you don't get that bubble and I understand it's from a union standpoint but I don't really know who all was was involved in that but at the end of the day when you're in contact with more people there's there's a higher chance for this stuff. Right. And I think right now it's looking like it could there's a large chance that it could derail the season. Because right now it's already cancelled two games and there's a potential for it to cancel I several just, more within the next when week. When you look
0: at just just to start wrapping this segment up, like when you look at the leagues that are in a bubble right now and you look at the people that are in a bubble, I understand there are dramatic sacrifices that you have to make for that and everything, and that those people are making millions of dollars and everything, and that I might be I'm, – I'm comparing – I'm sure some people will say I'm comparing, like, million-dollar athletes to high school kids right now. But when you look at the success of the leagues and teams and personnel that are in bubbles right now, they have gone multiple rounds of tests, nearly a dozen rounds of tests in multiple weeks without any positive cases or – the NBA has had what one or two or if any
1: they've had a couple but they've they've all been in quarantine I mean, and the, they're just starting to get out of the quarantine to play the right. play the games so so
0: i mean very small percentage but when you take a school that has you know 3000 kids in it and i realize every school in ohio ohio isn't like that but when you you have to look at some of when these bigger schools when you have hundreds
1: schools, of kids and you think about everybody that they come in contact with you're, you're thinking of 1000 think, of people yeah you
0: got to think about the division 1 schools in cincinnati columbus cleveland toledo zanesville like i like when you think of those schools like that is a large population of kids to fit into a building while we're in a pandemic and then also try to have a sports season on that where you're crossing and going to other schools and everything like i know we all want sports but like we are clearly seeing a divide between the sports teams and leagues and personnel that are in a bubble and the sports teams leagues teams personnel that aren't in a bubble there is a difference Mm
1: -hmm. and i think that that kind of leads us to a wrap-up point uh you know, at the end of the day we're we're dealing with a pandemic and if you want to be healthy, you have to worry about quarantining and if you're dealing with hundreds to thousands of people involved in the M L B or NBA or MLS, you're gonna have to deal with a quarantine and unfortunately that's just kind of the case we're dealing with today. Alrighty, righty, and we now move on to the ending of our show, uh, our cheers. Once again, we want to thank uh, Warped Wing Brewing in Dayton, Ohio, their Gamma Bomb IPA, 7.2%. A, a great beer. Uh, first off, I mean, an incredible can, but a great beer. You know, your nice standard IPA that has a nice bit of hops and, and really kind of jumps out at you. So if you're in the Dayton area or if you're at your local, uh, you know, beer store or gas station or grocery store Drive be through. sure to check yeah. out uh work wings gamma bomb because it's a very solid ipa uh we're gonna move on to our shout outs before we get out of here uh josh you shouting out real quick uh
0: i would like to cheers to rock and roll hall of famer and world renowned bass player bootsy collins Bootsy, bootsy. who we had a few weeks back we had the bootsy beer from fretboard oh. uh Great. We appreciate all the love on social media. Uh, Let's keep it going, man. Yeah. We really—he's been tagging us. We don't understand it, but we
1: like it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we don't
0: always understand it. If you would have told me that uh, our. Social media account would have been in the same post from Bootsy Collins, the Rolling Stone, and Mick Jagger on Mick Jagger's birthday. Well, I would have called Nick you Hannon? crazy. But, Nick Cannon? Hey, hey, yeah, with Nick Cannon was on there too. Uh, uh, right on there, I mean, yeah. I would have never put us in that group. Nah, so, I mean, we're
1: basically uh, the same celebrities. The uh, we basically
0: are. That's B list as B list goes. Thank you, Bootsy.
1: Alright, from one B lister to another B lister, Zach, who are you cheers
2: uh, I'm at your uh, Shane Bieber uh, breaking the Indians opening day record with 14Ks looking like uh, huh, he's got Cy Young wrapped up guys he's I wouldn't disagree with you off that performance no
1: so Shane Bieber having a good appearance uh, possibly looking for Cy Young if we get through the rest of the season as we discussed uh, the one shout out that I'm going to give is actually to a league that I've put on many times in my life, but it's actually the NHL uh, have done a great job with the bubble. Also, uh, in the players' rooms, put pictures of their families and, like, you know, friends and loved ones near their nightstands when they walked in, didn't even have to bring it themselves. It's a nice touch. It's nice to show that, you know, though the NHL doesn't really care, that they act like they care. And if you're going to put a bubble together, it's a nice touch. So, uh, you know, we're pro bubble here on 30 Racket Sports, and we're also pro. You, as listeners, reaching out to us on our social media accounts at 30 Rack of Sports on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you want to give your opinions on anything we have today, we'll be posting segments this week. If you want to yell at us about sunflower seeds, baseball, coronavirus, your favorite kind of beer, whether Zach or my voice is too nasally, <laughs> be sure to reach out at 30 Rack of Sports. On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening this week. We'll be back next week with a long, full jam backed show.
0: There's really less, Peace. There's less, Peace. There's less ranch seasoning on those seeds nowadays, but no. Oh.